Good morning. If you've been with us for the last couple weeks, or if you're just joining us, uh, then you're in luck. We're at the end of our series on generosity, so you're going to get a brief overview of the last six weeks uh, in the next couple minutes. But we are finishing this series on generosity, and uh, this has been a great series for me personally. Uh, I, there's just been a lot that God has has uh, shown me in my life that that I I have areas that I can still grow in. Uh, so it's been really encouraging to me and. I just want to say, even as we finish out this series, um, there's a tendency to want to say, man, I'm so glad we're done with this generosity series. Now I can, I can go back to the way things were. I don't have to keep talking about being generous with my time, talents, treasure, and testimony. I can just I go back to sitting on my couch and not being generous with my time. I can go back to um, you know, not having to worry about giving above and beyond my, my regular financial offering. But uh, our desire at River Rock Bible Church is that you would experience life change uh, through relationship, number one, with Jesus Christ, and through relationship, continued relationship with God, uh, which comes through the reading of his word, through prayer, and through fellowship with other believers. And so it's our desire that this not just be something that we do for six or seven weeks and then we forget about it, but it's our desire that we would be a generous people day after day week after week, month after month, year after year, that 10 years from now, people would characterize this church, this body of believers, as a generous people. Not in the name of River Rock Bible Church, but they would say that these people who claim to be followers of Jesus Christ truly are generous with their lifestyle. Because if you remember where we started was that generosity was something that God demonstrated towards us first, right? Generosity originated with God. Generosity was demonstrated by God when he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to leave the riches of heaven to be born of a virgin, a teenage, unwed mother in poverty. That he would live a sinless life, that he would then, 33 or so years later, be nailed to a cross and die to pay the penalty for our sins, and on the third day be raised again. Right, that's where we started. That was God's generosity. And we said that, that generosity, our salvation is given to us generously by God, by grace through faith in Jesus Christ, the work that he did on the cross. And, and because of that, through faith in Jesus, we get to experience God's generosity for all eternity. But it, being a believer in Jesus Christ is not just about looking forward to eternity. It's about experiencing God's generosity in the here and now. And the way that we do that, we said if it, if it took the generous hands of Jesus Christ being nailed down to the cross for us to experience God's generosity, it's going to take our generous hands to continue to experience that generosity, the abundant life that God desires for us. And it's easy to look at that and say, well, yeah, sure, if, if uh, we do all the right things, then, then God will bless us. But we're not talking about material stuff. It's, that's not exactly what we're talking about. We're talking about spending of our time, talents, treasures, and, and our testimony. And we talked about how when we spend our time, uh, we use that to invest in people for the sake of the kingdom. That we want to be a part of people's lives, that they would be able to hear, see and hear the gospel from us, which is part of our testimony We want to tell the story of what God has done in our life through faith in Jesus Christ. And it's not just about our personal story, but it's about being a witness to Jesus' story. That he did live a sinless life, die on the cross, and was raised raised from the dead so that our sins could be forgiven. Right? We want to give that testimony to the world around us. We want to be generous with with our talents, with the gifts. God has given each believer a gift so that we can serve the church. 
not just so we can build up a, a cool church, but so that God's kingdom can grow, so that we can go further, faster with the gospel. And of course, treasure. We have to give of our treasure so that we can honor God. We, wanna, it, it, uh, we want to honor God with our treasure, right? That's what he desires for us. And I know that, that if you're anything like me, there's been tension throughout this whole series. And even now, there's tension. Uh, yesterday, we had our service project. And I've got to be honest, there was a part of me that didn't want to go. The kids were at my mother-in-law's house. And I was thinking, finally, we get a night to sleep through the whole night. I don't have to, I don't have to get up early. I don't have to get up and you know, make pancakes. And I just get to sleep in. And then the alarm clock went off, and I, I remembered, oh, man, I've got that service project today. But I went. I went. Amanda and I both went. Yeah, and it, can I just be honest with you? I don't regret it. I don't regret it. Uh, there has never been a time in my life where I have given money, uh, time, talent, treasure, testimony, or given of my, my justice. It was one of the ones that we talked about. There's never been a time when I have given those things to God in a way to honor him, that I would look back and say, you know, I really wish I had that back. Not a single time in my life. That is the abundant life that God wants us to have. Because those times have been such great blessings to me. To give money, to give of my time, to give of my talents, to give uh, of our treasure and our testimony. When you give of those things generously towards God, it's not about what can I get back from God. It's it, giving in itself becomes a blessing. And that's our desire for you as River Rock Bible Church, that as we leave this series, as we continue on in this series, that, that you would remember that. Now, we are going to finish out the series um, the exact same way we started every sermon, that generosity is something God wants for you and not from you. And I, I, like I said, you know, there are times I don't want to serve. There are times when I think, man, if I didn't give, then I could go buy this for myself. But there has never been a time when I do give, when I do serve, that I would say, I wish I had that back. Because it blesses me so much. And it draws me deeper into relationship with God. And so uh, we have to realize that generosity is something God wants for us. And not from us. Um, what, we, what we have to remember though is that as we finish out this series, we're going to be talking about generous rewards. And as I said, that it's not about giving to get something from God. And, and our first motivation for being generous, is the love of God itself, right? It's the love of God demonstrated through Jesus Christ that compels us first to give, right? He gave to us first, and so we give back generously so that others can experience the blessing that God has for them. But there's something else that Jesus points out and Scripture points to us is that there is a reward coming, that we live with the end in mind, and the end is not when we uh, when we die, right, it's, there's not just, that's not the end. That's the beginning of the end, right? There's eternity to come after that. And there's something that Jesus has for us. He tells us about in Matthew chapter 6 that we, he points us that we need to live with the end in mind. There's a great book by Randy Alcorn called The Treasure Principle that, that illustrates this point really well. He, he begins his book by telling the story of a young man named William Borden. Now, William Borden was born to a very affluent family. Uh, he was a very hard worker, very intelligent. He graduated college. He went to Yale, graduated with his undergraduate from Yale, and then went on and did a master's degree at Princeton. He was a pretty smart guy. 
he was set up for success. Everything in his life was pointing him in the direction of worldly success. He was going to be a successful businessman. He had the work ethic. He had the skills. He had the talent. He had the ability. He already had the money. But at age 25, William Borden leaves all of that to go to Cairo, Egypt. He goes to Cairo, Egypt so that he can be a missionary to the Muslims there in Egypt. And after only a few months of being there, learning the language, and just starting to get his feet wet in mission, he contracts spinal meningitis and he dies. And if you were to go to Cairo, Egypt today, you can find uh, his gravesite there in Cairo. It's nothing fancy. Uh, it's nothing that you would stop and, and say, you know what, when I go to Egypt, I'm going to make sure I go visit that. It's in a little rundown graveyard. Now compare that to King Tut, one of the greatest kings in ancient, in ancient Egypt. King Tut died at the age of 17. He was also very young. King Tut was buried in a tomb, within a tomb, within a tomb, every single tomb being overlaid with gold and filled with piles and piles of gold and jewels and treasures. In fact, in the tomb, that, the, the most inner tomb that King Tut was buried in, there is a gold chariot. I mean, imagine that. A gold chariot. Everything is gold. But which life was better? Which life was more full? That's the question we're going to answer this morning as we talk about generous rewards. We're in Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 19. This passage comes in the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus has been giving, this is probably his most famous sermon. Some people think it's a collection of different sermons that Matthew's uh, compiled into one sermon. But Jesus is towards the end of his Sermon on the Mount. And he's talked about a number of things. And this is what he says in verse 19. He says, do not store up for yourselves treasures on where? Earth. Where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures where? In heaven. Where moth and rust do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So Jesus is looking out at the crowd, and he's telling the people, essentially, you have two choices. You can store up treasures on earth, or you can store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Now when he says this, uh, what we need to realize is that when he says, if you store up treasures on earth, they're going to be destroyed or taken from you. And he's speaking specifically to the Pharisees of the day because the Pharisees of the day took great pride in the clothes that they wore, the stuff that they had. And Jesus is saying, look, you, you think just because you wear fine linen that that is a sign of God's blessing on you, but it's not. All these things mean absolutely nothing. Your fine linen can be eaten by a moth. Your possessions... Your gold, your silver, they can be stolen. All the other nice stuff you have in your house is going to rust. So we've got to ask ourselves, are, are we living for the things on earth or are we storing away treasures in heaven? And we see that, that things on earth will be destroyed. Their temporal nature, it's just temporal. It doesn't last. It's not lasting. It can be taken or it can be destroyed. Ownership is a myth, right? Do you understand that? Ownership is a myth. We don't own anything. Nothing. 
my wife and I uh, went back to Dallas this past weekend to visit some students who are graduating. I used to be a youth pastor up until about two years ago, and some of the students were having a special senior night at the church, and they invited us back. So we went back. While we were there, we were blessed to see a lot of our friends, and, and I said, you know what, let's drive by the old house. This is the first house we ever owned, um, and we got a great deal on it, and, and uh, it was a great little house. We loved it, um, and I loved the yard. I had a beautiful emerald green St. Augustine yard. The bushes were trimmed. Everything was nice. We had beautiful crepe myrtles in the back, and so I thought, let's just go by and see it, uh, and we drove by, and the, the, the red tip bushes that flanked the, the sides of the house, had not been trimmed in two years. It was overgrown. The yard was about like six inches, eight inches high, full of weeds, which when I left it, there were no weeds in that yard. I can guarantee you that. It looked like they had edged the yard with a pair of safety scissors while they were blindfolded. You know the safety scissors they give little kids so they can't cut anything? It won't cut through wet tissue paper. It looked like they had tried to edge the yard with those. I mean, they may as well just use their hands to pick it. It was awful. And my wife said, it doesn't matter. You don't own that house anymore. That's not your house. She's right. I don't own that house. Everything that we have now will someday either be taken from us or destroyed. In fact, the car that you drove here, the chances are that you're either going to sell it or it's going to end up in a junkyard somewhere. That's reality. You don't, you're not going to own that car forever. The clothes that you're wearing, the trajectory that I'm on, next five years, these pants aren't going to fit anymore, right? That's reality. They're going to end up in the garage sale. My wife's a great cook, and I love to eat it, Uh, but our clothes aren't going to last forever. You're going to have a garage sale. You're going to give it away. It's going to wear out. You don't own anything. Ownership is a myth. We have to decide, are we going to live for the treasures that we have on earth, or are we going to store up for ourselves treasures in heaven? Uh, When John D. Rockefeller died, someone asked his accountant, how much did Mr. Rockefeller leave? And his accountant said, well, he left all of it. He left all of it. He didn't take any of it with him. We have to remember that when we leave this earth, we leave it all. Someone once told me, you never see a U-Haul behind a hearse, right? You don't see a U-Haul behind a hearse because you can't take any of it with you. There's, um, there's a great illustration uh, that, that someone shared with me about decorating a hotel room. Now imagine that you have gone on vacation with your spouse and you're tired, you've, you've gotten to where you're going and you're worn out, so you say, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay down and take a nap. And uh, your spouse says, great, I'm going to go out and uh, I'm going to see the town. You wake up to hear the door slamming and your, your spouse comes in and they've got arms full of stuff for this hotel room. They're taking down the paintings that are in the hotel room and they're putting up Picassos in these very expensive paintings. They've got a new flat screen TV that's bigger than the one that's there. They rip off the bedspread and they throw on a new quilt. They go in the bathroom and they rip down the shower curtain and they put up a nice new shower curtain. You would think that they'd lost their mind. You'd look at them and say, honey, what in the world are you doing? We're only going to be here a couple days. Why would you decorate this room that we're only going to live in for a couple days? When we store up treasures on earth, we're doing the exact same thing. It's like decorating a hotel room. It's not worth it. 
We're only here for a short amount of time. We're better off investing in eternity than spending while we're here on earth. There's a big difference between spending and investing. When you store up treasures on on earth, you're spending. When you store up yourself treasures in heaven, you're investing. Culture around us tells us to be consumed with consumerism. We get absorbed in having more stuff, needing more stuff, right? But we're not called to live culturally. We're called to live biblically. Everything around us tells us that we need more stuff, that we need a newer house, a bigger house. We need a nicer car. We need a bigger car. We need more clothes. We need nicer clothes. We need a new iPad. We need a new cell phone. But the truth is that you are not going to die if you don't have those things, right? You're not going to die if you don't have those things. It doesn't matter if your car costs $4,000 or $40,000. It's going to end up in a junkyard or it's going to end up in someone else's driveway. That's reality. Are you going to store up treasures on earth or are you going to store up treasures in heaven? And a lot of us try to, try to justify that. We try to look around and we say, yeah, but look at what they have. I need to keep up with them. I need to live like they live. I need to have the stuff that they have. What we realize is that when we do that, when we rack up massive amounts of credit card debt, not because we don't make enough, but because we spend too much, we're not living biblically. And we're living for the things on earth rather than storing up treasures in heaven. Let me just ask you some, of, some questions real quick to help you understand whether you're living for treasures on earth or treasures in heaven. Are your thoughts consumed with ways to make more money? When you lie down at night and you're going to sleep, the thoughts that run through your head, are they about how can I make more money? Are they consumed with, with needing more stuff? Do you fantasize about new stuff and more stuff and nicer stuff? If so, then your treasure's here on earth. When someone else gets something nice and new, do you get jealous? Ladies, next week's Easter, some of your friends are going to have nice, new, beautiful Easter dresses and shoes and purses to match. You get jealous? Guys, that new technology, that new cell phone, that new iPad, right? How many times do we hear people say, I need the new iPad? No, you don't. You don't need the new iPad. You don't need a new cell phone. You don't need any of these things. Last question is this. Do you, do you rack up massive amounts of credit card debt just so you can get by, just so you can keep up with everybody else? There's a big difference between our needs and our wants. And I'll never forget when I, I learned this lesson firsthand. Uh, we had just taken down the kids' cribs and we turned them into little toddler beds. And my son Malachi comes in the room and he says, Dad, I need to jump on Charlie's bed. And I thought to myself, is that how I sound when I talk to God? Like when I pray about stuff, when I, when I look at things in this world, is that the mindset that I have that I need to jump on this? I need to do this? That's very impulsive, right? I need to do that. No, you don't. You want to do that. I want to do these things. I don't need to do those things, right? And, and it hit me that, man, I got to change the way that I think about stuff. I got to change the way I view what I need and what I want. 
And I really feel like it comes down to this. Am I content with what I have? Am I content with what I have? God's desire is not for you to be rich and healthy and wealthy and wise. His desire is for you to be content. It doesn't mean he may not bless you materially. But his desire is that you would be content in him. And when you find that contentment in Jesus Christ, you find that contentment in relationship with God, you find yourself storing up treasures in heaven rather than treasures on earth, which is even better. Because our treasures in heaven, they can't be taken and they can't be destroyed. They are indestructible and they are secure. No one can take them from us. No, nothing can ever destroy them. Doesn't that sound much better? Wouldn't you rather have everlasting, lifelong, all eternity treasures? To me, it's a no-brainer. It's infinitely greater worth and greater wealth to store up treasures in heaven than treasures on earth. And there's another missionary named Jim Elliott that uh, has a great quote about this. He says this, he says, He is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Jim Elliott is another man who lost his life in the mission field in South America. He gave up everything. But I guarantee when we get to heaven, we're going to see that Jim Elliott had stored up lots of treasure in heaven. He's going to be one of those people that has stored up those kinds of treasures, like Will Borden. Where are you storing your treasure? On earth, or or are you storing up treasures in heaven? Remembering that that God gave generously his son. And he also wants to give us generously of reward. Right? And it's hard for us sometimes to to think about reward in heaven and what exactly that is. Um, But just remember that generosity is something God wants for you and not from you. Right? My, my kids have been memorizing, if you have kids in the preschool, they've been memorizing this verse for the last couple weeks. God loves a cheerful giver. 2 Corinthians 9, 7. Generosity is something God wants for you and not from you. And God loves it when we give generously, cheerfully. God doesn't need our stuff. God doesn't need our time. He doesn't need our talents. He doesn't need our treasure. But God wants us to participate in the work that he's doing. Because it's a blessing for us and it's an opportunity for him to be able to give generously rewards to us. I mean, think about that, that. That God provides you the opportunity to participate in the work that he's doing so that he can then reward you for doing the work that he's given you to do. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that awesome? That's God's desire. Now, what, what exactly are some of these rewards that we have in heaven? Well, first of all, let me say this, that when we talk about storing up reward in heaven, the first thing that you need to understand is that being generous with your life will not get you into heaven. The only thing that will get you into heaven is your faith in Jesus Christ. Putting your trust in Christ alone, his death and resurrection, is what will get you into heaven. These are the benefits of of those who have not only put their trust in Jesus Christ and, and received the gift of eternal life, but then said, I'm going to honor God because of his generosity towards me. I'm going to honor him through my life and be generous. And these are the rewards that we get. The first is heaven itself. We get to be in heaven for all eternity. 
Now, I know some of us have this idea of heaven, uh, and we think that we're going to be sitting on a harp, we're going to be uh, sitting on a cloud playing a harp, and we're just going to be floating around, and we're just going to sing the same song over and over and over again. Uh, but that's not accurate, right? We have God himself as our treasure in heaven. We have heaven itself as our treasure. Think about that. You'll get to be in the presence of God for all eternity. And while you're in heaven, Revelation chapter 21 tells us a little bit of what heaven will be like. It's going to be like earth. We will have physical bodies. We will get to eat and drink, and there will be work. Like, there will be stuff to do. But the amazing thing is, is that sin and the consequences of sin will not be there. There will be no weeping. There will be no pain. There will be no sickness. It will be like, unlike anything you could ever imagine. As we sit, and we're in the presence of God for all eternity. God himself is, is the first treasure that we have in heaven. Some people see God as a means to an end. That if I give generously to God, then he's going to give back to me. There are a lot of churches out there that you can find that will preach that message to you. But that River Rock Bible Church is not one of them. God himself is the treasure. There was a, a poor farmer who was growing carrots and he was out harvesting his carrots and he finds the biggest, most beautiful carrot that he has ever grown. And he looks at this carrot and his first thought is, my king would love this carrot because it is the most beautiful carrot I've ever grown. I'm going to give it to my king. And so he takes it to the king and he gets an audience before the king and he says, oh king, this is the biggest, most beautiful carrot I have ever seen in my life and I grew it, and I want to give it to you. And the king says, this is a beautiful gift. Thank you very much. In fact, I own a plot of land that is next to yours. And because you've been so faithful, because you've been such a good steward of your own land, I want to give you even more land. And there's a nobleman there. And he says to himself, you know what, I'm going to come back tomorrow with an even better gift. And so the nobleman who raises horses goes back to his stables and he finds the most beautiful, studly horse that he can find and he brings it back to the king the very next day and he hands the reins to the king and he says, O king, I have brought you this horse as a gift. This is the most beautiful horse in all the kingdom and it's yours. I give it to you. And the king says, well, thank you. You're dismissed. And the man turns around, visibly angry. And the king says, wait a minute. He says, yesterday, the farmer gave to me. Today, you've given to yourself. God is not a means to an end. God himself is the end. He himself is the treasure. And being in his presence forever is the treasure. Being in a place where there is no sin and no consequence of sin is the treasure. And lastly, we have this. We have possessions and eternal rewards. Now, we know that Scripture talks about uh, us receiving crowns that will never fade. But there are other indications that there are actual real possessions that we will get. Jesus says, I go to prepare a place for you. We will have possessions. We will have real rewards in heaven. Uh, I love uh, this, 
it's an old song. I can't even remember who sang it or how it goes, but uh, there's a, it's kind of a story. It's a funny story of a man who gets to heaven. He's all excited to meet Jesus, and he and Jesus are walking, and he's like, Jesus, I can't wait to see the mansion that you've prepared for me. And Jesus says, well, come on, let's go. And so they're walking along, and as they're walking, they're passing these huge mansions. Bill Gates and, and Warren Buffett would be jealous of these mansions, and they keep walking. And the guy's like, is, is this my neighborhood? Is this where I'm going to live for all eternity? This is amazing. And Jesus says, let's keep walking. And so they keep walking. And the houses are getting smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. And finally, they end up at this little bitty shack. And the man turns to Jesus and he says, what is this place? Is this like the outhouse for my, you know, for my mansion? And Jesus says, no, this is, this is the room that's been prepared for you. He says, well, what's going on? Why is it so small? He says, well, I used all the materials that you sent me. When we give generously, we store up for ourselves treasures in heaven. And as amazing as it's going to be to be in heaven, not everyone's experience is going to be the same. There are people who are storing up lots of treasures in heaven because they understand the generosity, the grace that God has given them, and they choose to live that way. Will Borden. Jim Elliott, many others like them. And I know that you may be familiar with these names, and that seems like a, a big thing uh, to, to do. But there's nothing keeping you from being just as generous. And you may not ever have books written about you. No one may ever know your name, but that's not the point. The point is that you would be drawn deeper into relationship with God himself. And as you understand more and more God's generosity towards you, that that would cause you to be more generous back towards God, drawing you deeper into relationship with him. Verse 21, Jesus says this, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Notice, where your treasure is, there your heart is also. Your treasure determines where your heart goes. Is your heart set on the things of earth? Or is your heart set on storing up treasures in heaven? What do you treasure most? Stuff that's going to be destroyed or taken? Or God himself? Is God himself your treasure? Three questions. Randy Alcorn ends his book by uh, asking these three questions. And I want to encourage us to ask these questions of ourselves today. The first one is, who am I living for? Am I living for myself, someone else, or am I living for God? And the second is, what place am I living for? Am I living for earth or for heaven? And lastly, what treasure am I living for? Am I all about the bottom line and getting more stuff and filling my house so I can buy a bigger house and fill that one? Or am I storing up treasures in heaven? God has given generously to us and we can experience him even more fully as we give generously back to him. Not as a way to get material blessing, but as a way to experience the fullness of life that God has for us. And when we do that, we store up for ourselves treasures in heaven. Generosity is not something God wants from you. It's something God wants for you. Will you pray with me? Father, we do look forward to a time when we will be with you in heaven. God, I pray that each and every one of us as we leave here this morning would live with eternity in mind. We would live with the end in mind and we would choose to honor you 
that we would store up for ourselves treasures in heaven because it brings you honor and glory here on earth and allows us to have a generous testimony that would draw more and more people to faith in your son, Jesus Christ. We pray all this in your son's name. Amen.